Today we attend a wedding. John chapter 2, reading from verse 1. Now on the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no wine left. Jesus replied, Woman, why are you saying this to me? My time has not yet come. His mother told the servants, Whatever he tells you, do it. Now there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washing, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus told the servants, Fill the water jars with water. So they filled them up to the very top. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the head steward. And they did. When the head steward tested the water that had been turned to wine, not knowing where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the cheaper wine when the guests are drunk. You have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the first of his miraculous signs in Cana of Galilee. In this way he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now in this story we are told that there was a wedding. This is the setting in a town called Cana in Galilee. And we are told that Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. The question then becomes, even though we know how the story unfolds, does Jesus attend, given that he has been invited? And the answer is yes, showing that Jesus approves of marriage. Remember that marriage is something that was given by God to humanity in the Garden of Eden to be enjoyed and for it to be a blessing not just on the parties involved, that is the husband and the wife, but on the children, and to an even greater extent, the whole human population, the neighbors that the man and the woman were to have, and also on creation, because in the family you would have the values being instilled that would strengthen tomorrow's generation to take care of creation as well and to take care of each other and to also perpetuate the commands of God and his desire and his knowledge and his wishes and his wisdom. That was what marriage was about and so Jesus attending this wedding shows that he approves of the institution of marriage. And then we are told that there was a problem the wine ran out at the wedding. And this is a problem. So Jesus' mother, who seemingly has a close connection either to the couple or she had a task maybe of organizing the wedding, some part of it, comes to Jesus. And she says they have no wine left. Obviously, she is presenting the problem to Jesus, expecting that Jesus will solve it. And the question is, will Jesus solve 
the lack of one problem and is it really the biggest problem in this story as it is written? Jesus replied, woman, why are you saying this to me? My time has not yet come. Obviously, we know that Jesus then proceeds to provide wine. So that was not his problem. The problem that Jesus had was the motivation. Why did his mom ask him to do it? Was it probably because she knew that he was the Messiah? And that would have been a good thing, right? But the question is, her perception of what kind of Messiah Jesus was going to be, was it the right kind of perception? Now I need to go on a bit of a segue, although we will cover this in a later episode. When Jesus says, my time has not yet come, Yes, it does relate to him going to the cross and dying, yes. But even the main meaning behind his time or his hour coming is about him proclaiming himself as the Messiah publicly or privately. And so to the woman at the well, Jesus says the hour is coming and even has come. And afterwards, Jesus then proceeds to say that I am the Messiah. Basically, he reveals himself as the Messiah to this woman. But to the Jews, he doesn't do that. There was a problem, as we have covered before, is the view that the Jews had of the Messiah, that he was going to come in and reign, as David did, in glory, in power, that he would kick out the Romans. But Jesus' mission was a bigger mission. It was a mission that encompassed even the Romans themselves. Remember, Jesus says, I did not come to condemn but to save. That is the context. And he needs his mom to understand that the motivations for him doing whatever it is that he is about to do for the next three and a half years of his mission is not to reign in power over others. It is not to meet the temporal needs as such only, but rather to address a deeper spiritual problem. In the question of Jesus, we see him trying to break down the old ideas of what the Messiah was going to do. Now, the mother gets this. And then she submits to Christ. Notice she says to the servants, whatever he tells you, do it. That is a position of submission. Whereas initially she comes with the position of, I'm your mom, do this, please. And I know you can do it. She then submits and it becomes a position of submission. And then the question we need to ask ourselves is, will the servants themselves submit to him? And we are told that there were six stone water jars there for Jewish ceremonial washing. And each of them held 20 or 30 gallons. And Jesus told the servants, fill the water jars with water. Notice they had been asked by Mary 
to submit to him. Submission. These servants then submit and they do what Jesus asks them to do. They fill the water jars to the top. And then he tells them, draw some out and take it to the head steward. They are drawing some water out, not wine. Remember, they put in water. Oh, it's full. Then he says, okay, take out some of the water. Then go and serve the head steward. A really big call to faith. Do not see the miracles before you believe in me. Even though some people actually did believe because of this. But the servants, they are the highlight of this story. Notice they take the water and they serve it to who? To the MC of the wedding. And we are told that when the head steward tasted the water that had been turned to wine, it somehow turned in between them taking the water out of the water jars and pouring it to the cup of the MC. And the MC tasted it. And the MC calls the bridegroom. But before we get to that part of the story, just notice the amount of faith that the servants had to put water to the top of water jars, six of them, and then pick them maybe with a pitcher and then take them to the MC water and then serve it and then seeing that turn into wine whatever point it was either between them walking from wherever the water jars were to the place of the wedding where the MC was wherever but they had the amount of faith and that is the kind of faith that Jesus is calling people to contrast this to the kind of faith that Mary had and later on, we'll contrast this to the kind of faith that the disciples develop. And we are told here that the MC tested the wine and he calls the bridegroom. Notice what he says to the bridegroom. Everyone serves the good wine first and then the cheaper wine when the guests are drunk. You have kept the good wine until now. Notice we have talked about Jesus and how to his mother he was basically saying there are new ideas, not really new, but there are new ideas that are coming in about what kind of Messiah I am. And I want you to reorient yourself from the old way of thinking, the old wine, to the new way of thinking, which is the new wine. Wine in the Bible refers to doctrine, teachings. And that is why in Mark, Jesus says you cannot put old wine into new wineskin. Because if you do that, if you put old doctrines into new believers, then they may be discouraged particularly if the old wine is not something that had been approved by God. So at this point, the wine that 
is being represented here in this story. Yes, it is literal wine. There was a literal wedding, but the wine represents the new way of thinking, the new teachings that Jesus was going to teach. And the fact that he was going to be a suffering Messiah, who, yes, at his second coming will reign in glory, but not at the time that he came here during his first advent. And so that is the new wine. And people have to move from the old wine to the new wine. And I want you to understand also that there is water. And the water represented that which came before the new wine. Namely, the teaching and the proclamation of John the Baptist. I am the voice of one shouting in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. That is going before Jesus. That is represented by the water. Now, we are told that Jesus did this as the first of his miraculous signs in Cana of Galilee. In this way, he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. They believed in him because of this miracle. Remember what Jesus had told Nathanael when he saw him. The interaction in the previous chapter of John, Jesus says to Nathanael, Because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than this. In other words, he's saying, Do you believe in me because... I told you something that humanly it is impossible because I was not there. Yet I told you to great detail what you were doing. So this is echoing throughout. And it is echoing throughout the book of John. Possibly also because John wrote the book of Revelation and he says, in the end times there's going to be a great problem. And it's this. People will be seduced because of lying wonders and miracles. And so John is establishing that a faith built on seeing is not good enough. Because these very disciples whom we are told believed in Jesus then went ahead to, to run away from him during his time of trouble. They left him. They deserted him. So clearly that kind of faith is not enough. It is not good enough. The kind of faith that we ought to be having is the faith of the servants who do everything that Jesus says even though they do not have any token or sign that makes them obey him. They go out in pure faith. Remember, today is the day we drink new wine in pure faith.